T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Can you feel the heat down in your soul? Chris Whittingham here until 10 p.m. 560 WQAM. The Miami Heat completed their sign-in trade yesterday to get Jimmy Butler in. They had to give up a first-round pick to the Los Angeles Clippers to do so, along with sending Hassan Whiteside to Portland and Josh Richardson to Philadelphia to discuss that and more. We're joined now from Sacramento, the site of Sacramento Summer League. Ira Winderman, how is there basketball that is played immediately at the start of free agency? Like It begins and then there's more basketball. This is an absolutely absurd schedule. It, you know what? It is, Chris, but it shows you the two sides of the equation, that for every guy out there getting a $200 million contract, there's some guys here playing in summer league trying for a $50,000 guarantee and, 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 and a two-way contract at the end of their rainbow. So you really are seeing playing out both sides of basketball, including when the Heat play the Kings tonight at 11 o'clock on NBA TV. And you can check that out uh, at that point. Now, uh, yesterday there was a uh, debut for Tyler Hero that was uh, quality, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, especially because it showed he could be more than just a shooter, that he could be a combo player. And I guess my initial impression, Chris, is this. I can see him filling, now I don't know if people like this comparison, the Tyler Johnson role, Mm. that he can also play uh, sort of as a tweener guard, also can handle when needed. And let's face it, if they do trade Goran Dragic, all of a sudden this team might be in need of ball handlers. So it was kind of neat how the Heat in the first game out of the box just threw him out there, gave him the ball, and said, hey, kid, run some offense. And that, and so let's dig into it now. So the good stuff is the trading, the free agency, and all that. Do you think sure. that there is still an, a chance on for the Miami Heat here to trade Goran Dragic, or do you think they're happy that they got away from this uh, Clippers sign and trade and, and getting off all this salary while managing to keep Goran Dragic? Do you think that there is still a, a chance for them to trade him? Yeah, I'd say greater than 50%, and mm. probably even far greater than that, because let's face it. Right now, as I wrote today at SunSentinel.com, they're up against the hard cap and, and over it right now. Basically, they have to get to that threshold, um, $138.9 million total team payroll, basically by Saturday when the Jimmy Butler trade can be completed. The only mechanism right now to do it is to use the stretch payment form, format on Ryan Anderson. And Chris, as you know, there's nothing worse, including when you're covering football, than dead money on your cap. Yep. And it would be hits of about $5 million in 2020, and especially 2021, when they look to be back in the cap race game when James Johnson and Kelly Olynyk and Deion Waiters are off the books. So I think they really want to avoid that. And if you can excise Goran Dragic's contract, you might have the flexibility to add a little bit more for this season, possibly including Boogie Cousins. And 
And that would certainly be interesting, uh, especially now because there, there is. I mean, I guess Myers Leonard can be your third big uh, yeah. with Olinick and with Bam Adebayo. But I, I do j- just overall, we're joined here by Arrow Winterman of the Sun Sentinel. Find interesting what happens next year, building around Jimmy Butler, right? So when you're into 2021, what do you think the Heat are going to be looking to do? Is it to try and open up as much cap space as they can? You know, keep you know Justice Winslow as an expiring uh, for that point because really they can clear their books at 2021. Is that what they're? I mean, because th- there's an extension for Bam Adebayo, not too far away. You have to you have to make a decision on Justice. So, do you think the goal is going to be enter 21 with as much cap space as possible? I, I do. I, I think, with the exception of three guys, I think it's hey Jimmy, get comfortable with these nice supporting pieces in Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and maybe even Chris Derrick Jones Jr. And then go out and possibly get two more real pieces to go for it. So, I think Jimmy was sold on. Part one of two parts. We will be competitive because we're the Heat and we never played a tank, much to the consternation of radio host Chris Whittingham. And then number <laughs> two, in 2021, we can give you your own team. So I think for Jimmy Butler, there were two different sort of uh, blueprints laid out there. That's why I think it's really important not to stretch Ryan Anderson. And it is incredible how much time we're spending using the name Ryan Anderson. Right, especially when a year ago when he joined and people were like, well, what's he going to do in the team? Like People are doing the, doing this with Myers Leonard now. Right. And I just I can't see anything more than a 10 minutes a game foul no, trouble for... Th- he's your third big now, yeah. though. I mean, if Bam Adebayo or Kelly Olynyk can't play or can't start, yeah. he's it. But you know what, Chris? I would be just as not surprised to see Myers Leonard traded in the next couple of days. Sure. Again, you can trade another player immediately as long as he's not what the NBA calls aggregated. In other words, you can trade Myers Leonard at his $11 million plus, let's say, Derek Jones, you know, for $13 million going out. It would just be one player going out. So if anyone has interest in Myers Leonard and his trick-shooting wife or whatever, they could just sort of make a trade, excise that, and that could help them against the tax also. I think a lot in play between now and Saturday. One of the things that I'm curious about is if Miami at some point in rebuilding this roster can take on a few more assets just because there is real concern right now for me that they've doubled down on the Goran Dragic trade in terms of now you're out of a tradable first-round pick until 2025, which is just a remarkable amount of time. And when you do get to a point where if in 2020 you can attract some free agents, you're going to need to have some stuff to fill out the rest of the roster. I mean, you've seen Toronto make big moves with Jakob Podol, a guy that they drafted, right? So they were able to fill out trades with the stuff that they've just been collecting for a long time and the Heat are just short on stuff right now other than young players you know in Bam a really good one and in Justice a solid one and who knows what they have in Tyler Hero but do you think for Goran Dragic or even the expiring of Myers Leonard they can get anything even if it's a second round pick in return to 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 sort of build up that armament a little bit? You know, it's funny because I spoke to someone involved, you know, in the game about that today. And honestly, Chris, I think the heater at the point, this sounds absurd that I think they would trade Goran Dragic for nothing, for one of those protected, we don't actually get a second-round pick, just to ease the situation and where they are now and move forward. With the thought, number one, Goran can't be here after this season, basically, unless maybe he takes a one-year deal at, at, at longer money in 2020, just to extend out to 2021, that's possible. But I, I think it's people know the heat situation. People know the hard cap. People know the luxury tax. There's a way for the heat if they trade Goran for nothing. This is incredible to get below the luxury tax, to not even start that repeater clock 
so that when Jimmy Butler's number keeps going up and up and up, they can play in the luxury tax without being in the repeater tax. So I think it's more a matter of offloading salary or not. I'm not sure where they go from that. Let's face it, Chris. If you trade Goran for nothing and you start Justice Winslow at point guard, you darn well better find another or two minimum salary point guards to be there also because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the team that had so many wings and everything would be in quite the pickle there. Anything in the G League for them there? I mean, I'm sure there's something somewhere at a minimum because, yeah. as I like to say, there's always an Ish Smith out there for everyone. <laughs> there so, is. I'm, I'm sure there's someone. I'm sure Briante Weber is standing by his phone right now. There's, there, there, but, there's always a Yogi Ferrell out there for someone yeah, to go and exactly. find. There's, there's always someone there who can, you know, chew gum and dribble the ball at the same time. So <laughs> they'll do that. I think, Chris, you're going to see a real heat churn. I think this is the start of the churn. I mean, the one thing you look at the heat, whether it was that big Jason Williams and Antoine Walker trade way back in the day in 2005, you know, or even more recent moves, Generally, when the Heat make a move, they make a lot of moves. When the Heat reset, they reset with an Olenek, with a Deion Waiters, with a James Johnson. So I don't think that Hassan and Jimmy Butler and Josh Richardson are the end of it. I think they might just be the start of it. Now, my, my question is, and we're joined here by Arrow Winterman of the Sun Sentinel, is, okay, so... Are they doing well here? Because a lot of people yesterday were, you know, wanting to start parades down Biscayne Boulevard because Whiteside is gone and he's been, you know, persona non grata number one with the Heat fans. And they were so delighted that you get Jimmy Butler and you get off of Whiteside on the same trade. But here's here's why I sort of wonder, right? First off, having to trade Whiteside and use a first round pick to at least get off of some of that money is fixing a mistake with, in some respects, another mistake, right? You don't want to be okay. giving up first-round picks just to fix mistakes. Um, sure. On top of the fact that if you get rid of Goran Dragic for nothing, yes, you got three or four years' worth of play out of him, but ultimately nothing too fruitful, and you gave up two first-round picks for him. Are these moves that, in general, are the sign of a team that's operating well? Are these good moves? Yes, obviously, you get Jimmy Butler in return, and that is the start of a rebuild, but at the same time, these are mistakes begetting mistakes. Yeah, you see, the Heat's thought is this, is when you open space and, and you make a change, who else does it benefit not involved in the trade? For example, when you let go of us on Whiteside, you're also opening the complete development and unwrapping of Bam Adebayo. No more controversy. No more who plays how many minutes. No more how do we get us on even if 24 minutes. So the Heat look at it another way is they're unwrapping something. If they give up Goran Dragic, those two first-round picks you mentioned, including one the Clippers now own, unprotected in 2021, it's we're unwrapping Justice Winslow at point guard. We're exploring all of his possibilities while we're in a developmental stage or not. Of everything that went on yesterday, including the giving up of a first-round pick, that honestly might not be extended till 2028 possibly, you know, depending on where the Heat fall in the lottery, hopefully not by then. I think the biggest question is this. Did they give up too much on the value of Josh Richardson? Because in a salary cap league, it's not only about how good you are, it's about how good you are relative to your contract. And I think, Chris, you would agree at the kind of money that Josh Richardson is earning, he will be a value contract unquestionably for the remainder of that deal. You're not so sure the same about Jimmy Butler at 34 years old making $40 million. I like Josh Richardson, but I realize by now he's never going to be an ultimate alpha for even half the games. I think Jimmy Butler can be that.
Agreed. And I think that trade works out is sort of in theory, right? Incredibly well for both teams because Philadelphia gets a really good contributor. There's probably too many alphas on that Philly team to begin with. Yeah. You get a really good contributor for a third of the price at Jimmy Butler, who is a younger player and sort of adds a little bit of something different to that team. And it allows them to go and get Al Horford, which is a huge signing for Philadelphia. And for me, at least as things stand at the moment, make them the favorites at the Eastern Conference. And I, I do just want to sort of nail down on this from you, Ira. How big is it to have Jimmy Butler as an alpha-type player? For, for, from when you watch the Heat the last few years, without that guy, I mean, other than Deion Waiters and, you know, a month-and-a-half stretch, really have a clear, obvious talent as an alpha, as a leader, that they so desperately miss that, that I think it's it's a it's a jump in eight or nine victories. And just having a guy other than Dwayne Wade at the end of his career that you'd legitimately turn to at the end of games who feels that confidence and that leadership from not just a Udonis Haslam way, but in a basketball way. How much were they missing that these last few years? Obviously they were, but there's a word someone when I was at the Summer League yesterday brought up to me that I think is important here also, Chris, and that's this word gravity. And what the mm. NBA person was talking about was this. How much does Jimmy Butler draw a second defender? How much does he slant the floor toward him? Because that's what superstardom is about. Everyone gravitates toward Giannis Antetokounmpo. Everyone gravitates toward LeBron and Anthony Davis and, 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 play, and Joel Embiid. So the question is, and this is what the question brought up to me, as much as Jimmy can be a scoring threat, He's not necessarily the guy where you're immediately running a second defender at him or you're constantly keeping all eyes on him. He is a workman-like scorer. He doesn't have that uber-athleticism, to be honest. He doesn't have the ultimate shoot-at-any-time-for-anywhere threat, to be honest. And he doesn't have the dramatic finish flair. He's sort of Riley-like. He's a workman-like player. But I think that's part two of this, and that's the question I have. Will Jimmy Butler have enough gravity that he can slant the floor? That's what Dwayne Wade did. Dwayne Wade, you opened his prime. You always had an eye on him. That's not what Goran Dragic did. No team when Goran was the Heat's best player did they say, keep an eye on him at all times, run the second guy at him. So that's what I'll be curious when I watch the Heat, see mm-hmm. how Eric Spolster sets up the floor. If you don't have gravity, then your real worth as an overall superstar really is diminished. That's, that's an interesting point because for me, I, I do think of him as as having that talent, but I mean, obviously, we'll see it uh, depending on defensive schemes. And is it almost by default, right? I mean, do you almost have that by default? Whereas, you know, maybe the Heat in previous years, you just defend them straight up. But because Jimmy Butler is such a standout talent in comparison to those other players on the Heat team, that he just sort of draws it. Just because if you're looking at a scout, you're going, well, we have to throw him at him because who else are we throwing it at? And I think that for me is is what's going to be different about this team. Whereas there's nobody on the floor. At least Jimmy can be three quarters of that, and that changes right. the math a little bit for his teammates. And that's what the Heat are hoping for, and that's why you're loading up on shooters, whether it's Tyler Hero coming in, whether it's trying to get Duncan Robinson more touches, like we saw in the first half last night of the Summer League game against the Lakers. It's always get an attacking guy, surround him with shooters, because, again, for better or worse, you've lost, if there ever was, the post-threat of, of Hassan Whiteside. I, I don't think Bam is in any way that kind of player. Kelly Olynyk can be in his unusual style. When he works near the basket, he can spray the ball out because his little ump and under junk does tend to work also. So that's what you need. You need the shooting to spread the floor. As soon as Tyler Hero was introduced, Pat Riley came over to me and he said, so you think we need shooters? We're getting shooters. And he told me they're getting at least one more. Now, whether that was 
Jimmy Butler in his view, or another player to be added, we'll see, or maybe he just meant and will develop someone like a Duncan Robinson or maybe even a, a Kendrick Nunn who's in camp with them also. Yeah, and, and that's the last thing I wanted to leave you with here is what's next for Miami? What, what are they going to be doing uh, sort of in the free agent market? There was links today with Boogie Cousins. Um, what do they have left? It, obviously, it depends on the Dragic trade and, and the stretch uh, with Ryan Anderson, but what do they have left that they can do uh, to maybe add a little bit more to this team? Well, number one, they're going to look at Kawhi because if Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers – People here are already talking about that Dragic is the guy the Lakers will move to. The perfect one-year wait when you don't get an elite guy. And, Chris, I think Goran would fit in perfectly with that team. He's not an alpha personality, but he doesn't mind spotting up and taking shots so that it could be as simple as that. If Kawhi does go to the Lakers, the money dries up. I still think there's a chance that Goran Dragic could wind up with the Mavericks in some permutation. Dallas still has the money. Not a lot of other places to spend it anyway. So that's possible. Otherwise, I think you write it out. When you're a hard-cap team, life is just so different. It's the one thing the Heat have tried to avoid for years. The other part of the equation is this. If they're hard-capped, they're going to carry a maximum of 14 and for extended stretches, likely go with 13 players. Does it preclude Udonis Haslam, God bless him, Mm. for sort of having that emeritus role? And then I know this sounds so minor, but it's not for a hard-cap team. And I wrote about this also at SunSentinel.com. The Heat's two-way players will matter this year. They'll need productive minutes from those players, at least occasionally, when they get an injury situation. So, again, when you watch the Heat Kings tonight at 11 o'clock, don't get caught up in the Heat summer roster. Watch all these summer league games. You just as easily can sign a two-way player off of any other team, as long as they're not under NBA contract and not a draft choice, as you can under your own. Two years ago, the Heat did that. Derek Walton Jr. had a great summer league with Orlando. The Heat poached him away. I think finding the right two-way players will matter because when you're playing with a limited, taxed-out, hard-cap roster, you're going to need those players. It's amazing to me how much better the Heat have gotten in the margins. And you've probably noticed it in your Mm -hmm. time covering them almost from the beginning. It's one of the things that kind of makes me think of the Heat really as genuinely a sleeping giant. I mean, even beyond the fact they built the big three, they've gotten better at things that are not the big-ticket items, which is kind of how, how winning is done in the NBA. They've gotten so much better at this. And I think even you've seen other teams like a Philadelphia today that does a, a, a small signing like a James Ennis or brings back a Mike Scott. Teams realize those guys matter over 82, especially now that we're seeing these maintenance programs and load management and all of that. It, it's almost like, and it's kind of weird, Chris, that your superstars are only expected to play 60 games. And you can darn well bet after the season Kawhi Leonard had, every single team he's talking to, he's making it clear to them, I'm good for about 60 or so this season. So the little margin guys can become infrequent contributors, but still very necessary. Ira Winman, you read his work on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat, and you check him out, sunsentinel.com as well. Ira, appreciate the time. And I'll let you rejoin Bobrovsky conversation already in progress. Bobrovsky! Put him him away, Bobrovsky. Appreciate it. All right, that is Ira Winman joining us here on WQAM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 